This is the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch presented by Toys and Ford. Hello everyone, I'm Scott Montesano. So excited to have you join us on a program that highlights the local sports around our wonderful region. This is the season finale for the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch. And coming up, hey, we'll go back to something we discussed about a month ago. We will follow up with that and a conversation with Eau Claire Express owner Craig Toyson ahead of their upcoming 2023 season. So let's not waste any time, and let's round those bases locally. Conversation with Craig Toyson coming up in just a little bit as we will get a preview from the man himself about the 2023 Eau Claire Express season, which at the time of this podcast dropping is just a couple of weeks away but before we do that as i said the season finale for the chippewa valley sports watch and this has been a tremendous success here at eau claire hometown media and looking forward to bringing it back again next fall winter and spring as the uh, the scholastic and the collegiate sports are back in full moss we'll still touch on local sports issues as they pop up on our Talk of the Town podcast, which of course drops on Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, throughout the course of the entire year. Uh, so we'll, you know, we're not necessarily going to be ignoring local sports, but the Sports Watch program will return again in September. Wanted to follow up with this, though, before we hit the summer months. Now, you may remember a couple of weeks ago, or actually a couple of episodes ago, so about a month ago, I let everybody know that I was getting into baseball umpiring for the first time, officiating for the first time. I've got uh, some more time in the spring between doing blue-gold games and and, and doing games uh, for the minor league baseball team I work for down in St. Louis, which uh, I leave for that in a couple of weeks so it fits in nicely to do a handful of scholastic umpiring gigs in April and in May and to skip ahead just to let everybody know you know sort of you know you don't want to bury the lead I have already signed up again for continuing to be an official I filled out the the forms with the WIAA, they've they've cashed the check, if you will, and I'm likely to add basketball, too. I may pick up some basketball next winter. Uh, I haven't fully decided that, but I have paid the fee, so once you pay the fee, uh, you got skid in the game. Uh, I've enjoyed this as a hobby. I've enjoyed going and doing a handful of umpiring gigs as a hobby here in the spring. Uh, I see opportunities to do more. There, there's there's a constant ask out there of, hey, we need an umpire here, we need an umpire there. Some of the opportunities are down in the southern part of the state. Some of the opportunities are two, three hours away, which uh, there are some people here locally that will drive that distance to pick up games. For me, this is, again, a hobby. I'm not about to do anything like that. And if anything, I'm holding back on doing even more games because I just don't see it as a priority at this point. I want to play with my kids. I want to take advantage of these few weeks before I leave them for two months uh, heading down to St. Louis uh, and leave my wife here home alone with the kids for a couple of months. But 
as I said, the opportunities exist to do even more if I wanted to. I've done eight junior varsity games. Memorial, North, Chai High, Elk Mound. Uh, I think Rice Lake has been worked in there as well. Done eight junior varsity games. And here's my experience that I've had. And I think it's very important for everybody out there to know because there is a call for officials. And I have hammered on this program. I've hammered it on Talk of the Town. And I have hammered it also just out in the public that I think a lot of the the stuff you see on social media and the way there's sort of this guilt trip in the trying to get officials is not the proper way of marketing, nor is it, I think, very accurate way of getting more people to be officials. I, I just don't I just don't like it at all, and I don't think there is this proliferation of of mistreatment of officials. I've always said that. I think like anything else on social media, we're highlighting the extreme examples that are out there. And here's my experience that I've had, because I think this is the best way to get more people to sign up because people are missing out on what is a fun hobby to have. If you like sports, if you love sports, this is a fun hobby to have, to stay involved. Now, the first time I did a game about a month ago, oh, I was nervous. There's not a person in this town that knows more about baseball than Scott Montesano. But I was nervous. And to use the bike cliche, when we, when we learn to ride a bike, you, you, when you umpire that first game, no matter how many YouTube videos you've watched or anything like that, it's like you're out on that, on that, on that street for the first time without the training wheels on your bike. No matter how much you've gone over it in your head, that first time is a little is a little wobbly. You feel uncomfortable. It's like driving a car for the first time. But once you start, it's fine. And if you're paired up with somebody, uh, somebody that's got a few years of experience, they'll help cover you. It'll be fine. The and once I remember the first game I did, it was on that Friday in which we had the we had snow, rain and sleet all with the, all, all during the game. It it made for kind of a fun atmosphere, if you will. And after the first few pitches and I was behind the plate, I was good to go. I was having a grand old time and I've been smiling umpiring ever since. Now being behind the plate is easier than being on the bases. I've learned that when you're behind the plate you're obviously more engaged every single pitch you've got something to do. Uh, on the bases, it is a little bit of a challenge, particularly with some of these JV games where a lot of uh, walks can happen. On the bases, you need to stay focused. And I got caught this last Saturday not quite paying attention. It was towards the end of a second game of a doubleheader, and I'm not afraid to admit it. There was a check swing. Kid clearly swung. I don't even I don't know how my partner behind home plate didn't catch it. There was a pitch that went behind the kid, but the kid still swung. And the home plate umpire didn't call a swing. And they appealed to me and I said no swing too. And I couldn't believe it. I oh I got barked at from the dugout. Oh boy. But frankly, I, I was I was maybe only paying eighty percent attention. Not good on old Scotty. But you learn. 
You know, I, I, I completely whiffed on that call on Saturday. But also, uh, when you're on the bases, it's, it can be a little bit more difficult because you have to move a lot more. And until you get a few more games under your belt, it's hard to totally anticipate, you know, first to third and all of that. Things you've seen from above, you have to start anticipating from being right there at ground level. And the more you do, the easier it becomes. From the first game I did on the bases to this last one, is markedly easier. Still, though, being the home plate umpire is a lot easier than being on the bases. The kids have been awesome. The coaches have been very good. Doesn't that doesn't mean that the question that the coaches haven't questioned calls? That hasn't meant that the coaches haven't gotten occasionally snippy with me. Or you know, I I heard boos when I was doing a North Memorial JV game at Carson Park. A couple weeks ago. But honestly, you'll laugh at yourself. You'll kind of snicker to yourself as these people are barking at you because it's scholastic sports. All right? It's not a matter of having a thick skin. You can't take any of this too seriously. You have to show up on time. You have to be professionally dressed. You have to be giving them your best effort. But... This isn't life or death. And you're just there to facilitate the enjoyment for the kids. That's the, that's the thing that you're doing. You are there to f- help to facilitate the enjoyment for the kids. The biggest issue I've actually come across in my games, not only a couple of the games I've done, because a lot of the games I've done have been with guys that are in their first, second, third year, too. But I've done a couple games with more experienced guys. And then I've also gone and watched a couple of high school games. Because now I'm starting to go to try to watch the umpires, what they do. My biggest issue has been with the more experienced umpires. Not a personal issue. No, I'm not fighting with any umpires. But those that have done it for decades are the ones who are big into the quote-unquote game management aspect of it. Meaning that when they show up, they want to be 100% in charge, and they want to let everybody know they're in charge. And that kind of plays into the cliche of the umpire that is the, look at me, I want... They don't view themselves as a conduit. They view themselves more like a Supreme Court judge. I've I've had these umpires yell into dugouts, telling kids to behave themselves, yelling in the dugouts for certain game management things, that rule book, they are right. The umpires are right on the rule book. But very easily, they could go to the coach and say, hey, you guys have got to do X, Y, Z, or hey, you got to kind of move these bats, or hey, when they're warming up a pitcher in the bullpen, the catcher has to wear a helmet. Instead, I've had umpires, they pull their mask off, or they're on the bases, they'll yell out time and then they scream into the dugout about the infraction which the umpire is right via the rule book but realistically they're not helping anybody out by doing that and it only adds to the sort of how do I put it Uh, the acrimony people feel towards an umpire it's no different than any other type of supervisor If a supervisor calls out people in public in your office, people are not going to like that supervisor as much as if the supervisor comes over quietly and goes, hey, you know, you need to do X, Y, Z. A little bit more respectful. 
if you will. But overall, and by the way, these more experienced umpires I've seen do it, they have their reasons. A person brought up a good point to me maybe about a couple weeks ago. A lot, of, a lot of these umpires, when they got into it, the ones that have been doing it for 25, 30 years, when they got into it, it was a little more competitive to be an umpire. Not only that, but they've a lot of times they're doing these JV games because nothing else was available, but they're usually doing a higher-level game, and they're trying to get playoff assignments and stuff like that. They, they, they came up in a competitive, more competitive environment for officials. It was a different thing, and, and it is what it is sort of thing. It's not that, you know, it's maybe it's just the way they were raised, whereas now the umpires, you know, you're just there to have fun. Have fun, help everybody else have fun. Overall, I tell you, sign up and do it. Sign up and do it. Sign up and be an official. Sign up to be a football official, basketball official, anything. Sign up and do JV games to start off. You're practically stealing money from these school districts because it's fun and it gets easier as time goes on. And hey, it's no different than any other hobby. You know, I know a lot of people do pickleball now. It's no different than doing pickleball. Some games are better than others. Not just in the competitiveness, but you'll be better some days than others. But in this case, unlike, say, pickleball, or if you go out and you golf, or you play tennis, or you go for runs, or anything like that, you are being paid. You're being paid. Now, again, I'm only doing JV, so I can have this lazy-faire attitude, but I'd like to think in two, three years, I'll be doing the same at, at varsity. Again, you take it seriously. <clears throat> you're not just showing up like, uh, you know, I'll call them safe. What that? You know, you're not just making calls for the sake of making calls. You, you, you have pride in yourself. But as long as you don't take yourself too seriously, you'll get along with everybody. I, I've been behind the plate, and there'll be a borderline pitch, and the catcher makes a good frame on it, and I call it a ball. And I'll tell that kid, you know, you, you have a fun conversation with the catcher and you go, hey, you know, if he throws it there again, maybe I'll call it a strike. You know, well, <laughs> you know you'll, you'll have those fun conversations and all that. Uh, so, again, I, I encourage everybody, sign up, become an official. Don't sign up to become an official out of guilt. Don't, and do not be afraid to sign up to be an official because of these stories you hear nationally. Not at all. Okay, not at all. Now, if your thought is, oh, I should never be questioned at all, I shouldn't hear a single thing from the stands, or then, 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 then you have to change your whole outlook on everything in life. You have to change your whole outlook on everything in life. It truly is a don't take something personal moment. There are a lot of things we say don't take personally, but y you do. This truly is that. If you make a a call on the bases that goes against a team and they're booing and what have you, or the coach is saying, are you sure about that? Again, they're not necessarily, unless you have been confrontational already with them, they are not questioning you as Mr. Smith personally. They are upset at the call and the circumstance is what they're upset at. That's what they're upset at. 
and allow them to be. And then if you then if you 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 don't do anything confrontational, you just you don't try to snap back at them or anything like that. And boy, an inning or two later, that coach may be jogging around to the to the to the coach's box down the third base line, and they'll they'll you guys will sure will laugh about the weather or something. All right. Well, speaking about baseball, as I said, conversation with Craig Toyson. He is the owner of the uh, Eau Claire Express. This will be his second year getting ready to open up the season. Second year under Craig Toyson's management. Uh, great conversation with him coming up. We do not touch on the fireworks issue. Uh, I think his opinion on that is well known. The Express put out a press release uh, shortly after the fireworks decision was announced by the city of Eau Claire. And of course, you can get our opinion on that by going back to the recent Talks of the Town episodes we've had. Uh, not much different in terms of changes for the team itself. Some some subtle differences with the layout uh, of the ballpark and where merchandise and beer sales will be. Some small, subtle differences there. That's it. But no big marketing overhaul uh, or anything along those lines. Still the Express. Still the 2005 uh, black and Texas orange color scheme the team has had. There's been talk of a video board, which was approved by the city council a few months ago, but it will not be in place this year. Maybe in place next year. There is a catch. There is a catch to that. The team's lease at Carson Park is up in, I believe, two years. The, 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 the team's lease is up in a couple of years. And it's no secret Craig Toyson is not a fan of the city of Eau Claire management at this time. So it's something to bear watching in the next couple of, of years. You know, I, I believe there's a less than 1% chance this team leaves the region. No, no, nobody is making threats. Craig's not making threats, nothing like that. But don't be surprised if Craig kicks the tires around the area, if you, you hear rumors and stuff like that. And for what it's worth, before you start thinking, well, why would Craig Toyson start kicking the tires? Previous management did as well. Previ the previous ownership group was kicking the tires as well for the last five to ten years, kicking the tires on different areas around uh, the region. But nothing ever progressed beyond maybe a cup of coffee with somebody. Uh, but don't be surprised if Craig doesn't have some conversations. If anything else, even if he was very happy with the city of Eau Claire management, Leading into the next lease negotiation, it's it's good negotiation tactic to have other options. So keep that in mind going uh, going forward. Uh, if they end up putting that video board in it, if, just just think about that a year from now. You know, the, 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 that video board will likely be there at Carson Park, and once they put the video board in, you could easily pick it up and move it somewhere else. But that's not going to happen. We'll just have to wait and see how that all plays all plays out for that. Uh, something else we did not talk about on this interview, but we've talked about it on this program about uh, two months ago, the Northwoods League very likely to start up a sort of softball league spinoff. A college softball league spinoff, which is amazing. It has not been done before. It really has not been done before on the level like these summer college baseball leagues have been uh, Craig Toyson has been very open that he's very intrigued by that idea. Don't expect a team in Eau Claire right away, though. 
but expect a team maybe in Eau Claire uh, fairly soon in that softball league. It's definitely something that Craig is, is intrigued by. I know I'm intrigued by it. Uh, and, and seeing how it plays out, if, if everything works out, uh, the city of Eau Claire could have itself not only the Express, but a, uh, a softball spinoff as well. So conversation with Craig Toyson. You will get that conversation coming up on the other side of this break on the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch. Hi, this is Craig Toyson. And at Toyson Ford, whether it's buying a new vehicle or having your current one repaired, we take customer service very seriously. And a big part of that is making sure that we have the same familiar faces each and every time you visit. We take great pride in the longevity of our staff, and it shows in the kindness and the good care we give each of our customers. But don't take our word for it. Read our reviews online and ask anyone with a Toyson sticker on the back of their car. They'll gladly tell you why you'll find a friend at Toyson Ford. And the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch continues on. It's baseball season now and another season of the Eau Express right around the corner and an opportunity to chat with Craig Toyson, the owner-operator of the Eau Express entering his second season as the... uh, as the guy right now in the in the top chair, if you will, and Craig, here you guys go. It's it's the second season. I know the first season your plan was to kind of sit, take notes, walk around the ballpark. You'd always been going to the ballpark, but you were going to have a, sort of a, a more discerning eye as the owner, the guy writing the checks. And as we look into year number two, I don't think people are going to see massive changes in year number two, but I'm sure there's some little tweaks here and. And you're you're seeing the forest through the trees, maybe some other things down the way too. Yeah, that's that was what we really wanted to make for an agenda for the first year was just learn the operations, uh, focus on the things that really work, and then from there focus on the tweaks that we can make to make it a better operation right away, so we can start thinking about some of the big picture things. So really took in a lot of the games, talked to a lot of the fans. Host families are a great resource for for information on what we want to do and learn, and having those conversations throughout the season and throughout the winter kind of worked on an, uh, a game plan for just the small things we want to do this year, and then start thinking big picture down the line. What maybe is some of those those changes people are going to immediately see? Something you'd heard people talk about in the ballpark last year that might not be one of those things that gets a big press release announcement or anything like that. But when people show up, they're going to go, hey, this is this is different. Well, so so some of the game is changing fundamentally to begin with. We, we've got the pitch clock coming this year, which is going to change the way fans view the game, the way they take it in. And obviously that changes the way we need to market our, our, our goods and, and, our, and our services. And Carson Park is a great st- fun stadium it's you know built back in the 1930s it was a different era of baseball and a different fan expectation when that was built so when you go down below and and pick up concessions or go go to the beer garden that that had grown and become a a bigger issue in terms of the line size and and weight and obviously the pitch clock now you don't have that downtime where we can uh, have fans wait in line and, and be satisfied that they're getting their money's worth for the game so really worked quite hard on concessions this year and how we can make that a better experience uh and it's it's kind of a, a multi-fold uh, approach to improve that the first thing we decided to do uh was, was 
partner up with a company called Catch, and, and that's mobile ordering. So if you've been to some of the sports stadiums in the last couple of years, especially during the COVID era, they started to work in mobile ordering and, and you know, make it a little more less contact. And the big thing is less waiting in line. So now you can sit on your phone, uh, visit a website for ordering food right there at the ballpark, and order your food. And when it's ready, you'll get a message saying, hey, your food's ready. Come pick it up. So you can pay for it on your phone, order on your phone, keep watching the game. When the food's ready, just come grab it. So hopefully get you in and out of the lines a little bit faster there. Uh, and then we're also opening up different uh, a, a, another beer garden behind the third baseline to try and help out uh, alleviate the crowds there because – Obviously, you're going to a ballpark. You want to enjoy the game and, and take in a beverage or two. So uh, moving our old apparel tent down the third baseline to serve concessions out of there as well and, and just kind of give people more options to, to try and alleviate lines and, and, and make it a better process overall. Of course, people want to watch the baseball. Let's not overlook the, the quality of the of the league. And it's been fun to see it go through various uh, maturation since Eau Claire entered the league at Back in the early days of the Express, this was still the the little league that could, and it was, you know, generating a lot of momentum. And then probably about 10, 12 years ago is when the league started to get a lot of first-rounders coming through. And now this league very much is, you've got the Cape and you've got the Northwoods League. Both leagues are pretty much on par with each other, just two totally different Mm -hmm. experiences that college coaches are choosing where to send guys. This very much is an elite league that is right here in our area. It's something special. Yeah, I think, and it's it's kind of fun to hear the differences from guys who have played both leagues because we're starting to see a lot of guys say, "I'm going to try the Cape, and then I'm going to try the Northwoods League, or vice versa." And you know, you hear about the differences in fan experience, and I think this is much closer to a minor league baseball experience that you get in the Northwoods League than you get uh, out in the Cape. Obviously, there's the history there, but you know, I remember it wasn't that long ago when Jordan Zimmerman was the first Express player to make the Major League Baseball uh, out of Eau Claire. And now I think we're at 17. So, I mean, that between coaches and, and players that have made the major league level and, you know, I mean, over 100 guys that have played major league uh, or uh, at least minor league ball. So, I mean, it's a lot of talent has come through here. Uh, some first-round picks have played in the league and obviously some some guys who are going to be borderline Hall of Fame talent or, or, or Hall of Fame talent at this point. So the level of ball has gotten really great. And I think one of the big things that set uh, the Northwoods League apart from a lot of these other leagues is the commitment to uh, the advanced stats that, that teams are really paying attention to these days. We've got uh, stat trackers and, and all the advanced analytics taking uh, place at our ballpark where spin rates and exit velocities, all those things are out there that the leagues, uh, the Major League Baseball can buy and purchase and utilize. And I think that's really helped gain exposure for, uh, for our kids going forward. And the fun thing is, as we look at some of the long-term projects, and one of them is a video scoreboard, we can start to incorporate some of those advanced statistics into our into our you know viewing that the fans can get as well. So as we look forward, that's kind of one of the things out there that we're we're looking forward to adding. Yeah, video board is one of those things people have been asking for for about uh, about twelve years, <laughs> but they <laughs> but they, they 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 don't come, they don't come cheap. Uh, it usually falls on the owner. And, and speaking of which. At what point last year, maybe it was opening night, did you did you sit down and you look around and you go, I own a baseball team. <laughs> I it's, it's something a lot of people at one point dream of and you're able to sit back and go for, for there's a lot of stress that comes with it, but you're able to sit back and go the, the, this is this is mine. I'm the steward of this. Yeah, I don't you know, I think really the the, the first night really it kind of clicked like, "Oh, this is this is a lot more than we kind of thought it was going to be. And then 
we invited, we, we rented the, the, it's now the TDS uh, 10th inning terrace. Uh, we rented that for the first game last year for uh, all our family and friends that come to the game. And that was kind of the first time we're like, wow, this is something. And I'll say to me, the night where we really clicked, this is an amazing thing was the 4th of July last year as we were on that same deck with all the host families that we uh, rented out with them to take in the show. What a great thing this is. And seeing the people on the field, it was, it was, it was really a great night, but my my wife's been asked this many times, like, how did your husband talk you into this? And her answer is, I, I don't know how it happened. It's just kind of one of those things that the process started, and then I just kind of told her, I'm, I'm moving to this phase now. We're getting some financial numbers on it, and then talking with different people about it, and all of a sudden it just kind of happened like we're doing this and she never really said no so i guess it's on her at this point if she's got a problem with it but uh the the first the first year leading up to the season there was a lot of oh shoot what have you done what have you gotten yourself into and i'm I'm tend to be a little meaner to myself in my head so i'm sure it was a little more profane than that but this year having a year under our belt and and uh, our general manager having a year under her belt I, i just feel much more calm going into this season excited to to get the the guys here to play ball we're actually hosting a player uh, ourselves this year so we're excited to have him come to town and uh just can't wait you know last year we were just worried about memorial day this year can't wait for Memorial Day to get here so <laughs> i think one of the other things that has sort of snuck up on on some people this team itself is now you know it's going to be nearing a 20th anniversary in just a a couple of years we always talk about the the history at the ballpark and the Eau Claire Bears from 70 years ago, but this team itself now has a history. This team itself has become sort of uh, uh, a cliche in town. Everybody says, well, we want to be like the Express. The Express have now become something that people always just sort of reference as there. And with that being said, you talk about changes and all that. How do you balance trying to you know, highlight the history of the team and what has worked and the traditions that maybe are there while also, you know, finding, you know, what maybe has to be changed. It's more sentimental than it is something that has been working. Yeah, it's one of the interesting parts of baseball because, I mean, baseball has the most traditional fans of any sport that's out there, and I think that's something that we need to embrace and take seriously but then you look at a team like the Savannah Bananas that's down south and the success that Jesse Cole's had with that team, it's not my brand at all. And I have zero interest in being the Savannah Bananas because I think the baseball is the most important part. And I don't want to ruin that, and I don't want to be sacrilegious about changing the, the fundamental game um, other than there are tweaks that we can do to make our game better. I don't want to make it a sideshow like the Harlem Globetrotters, and it's great for entertainment value, but we can't do that 36 games a year and, and and respect what the game has been. But having said that, we need to look at what a team like that does in terms of the entertainment factor and and keep building off of that. And, and I think it was a great first year to see, hey, these promotions work. Uh, I, I toured a couple other ballparks uh, in the Northwoods League to see what was working for other teams too and, and take some of the stuff in music-wise, take some of the games in between innings, other, uh, take that stuff in and, and, and tweak and keep adding and making it better and better because there's so many distractions and, and we know in western Wisconsin our summer is very finite there's only you know 20 summer weekends a year and when you consider the good weather I mean it gets narrowed down to very few nice days that we've got in western Wisconsin but we value them more as a, as a result and I think when we look at that and look at what we're doing we realize we got to get better and better and better that we can't just sit back idly by the Express would be just fine if we did things everything the same way year in and year out. They'd be fine. 
but that's not what we want. We don't want to be fine. We want to make the program successful. We want to bring more great talent in here. We want to make uh, put Eau Claire on the map for baseball because it's a great baseball town. And when you look at the guys that are coming out of this area, I think the Express has given a lot of guys opportunities that they might not have otherwise gotten and gotten them a look at a national level. And when we've got guys locally playing Major League Baseball at River Falls, we got two guys at River Falls right now, um, you know, both with Northwoods League experience, one with Eau Claire Express. You know, Dalton Roach just got promoted to AAA uh, out of, uh, you know, the area here. I mean, there, there's just a lot of great talent here, and it's great to get them the showcasing that they deserve. And that all goes into making of this as best as we can make it. Before we go, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've, you've dreamed of it. Uh, it's now been a number of years since that 2010 championship, and, uh, you know, I've still still wear the ring uh, once in a while to showcase uh, that uh, that around it's even more of a crapshoot though in the playoffs now than it even was back in 2010 with the the one game championship and uh, you sort of flip a coin at that but if you uh, when you're an owner there's a lot of measures of success but if you ever ever sat back and thought how cool it would be to be in the stands at Carson Park as Dale and the guys hoist up uh, the Northwoods League trophy with uh, 1500 screaming people around and a and a party on water street to match <laughs> yeah we we gladly have a parade if that's the case yeah i i, I gotta say I, I really thought it was happening last year especially you know when we drew duluth in the opening round we were eight and zero against them in the regular season and i just thought we're, we're gonna go to you know we, we rented a bus and brought all the host families up with us and we went to duluth for game one we thought we're just gonna massacre mm-hmm. these guys and it didn't go our way and we came back home for uh for game two and we would have hosted game three and just it's just one of those things. The games didn't go our way, and that's that's kind of the the beauty of the playoffs is everybody gets a clean slate. So I thought it was going to happen last year, and I'll tell Dale this year. I, I plan on it happening this year too. But it, it's an interesting thing with this league. People ask like, how's the team shaping up this year? I'm like, I have no clue. The, the it looks great on paper, but. 99% of baseball is chemistry. We've seen that with a team like the Tampa Bay Rays in the in the American League. If you if you guys all buy into the same thing and everyone's rowing the boat the same direction, talent is just a small part of the equation. It's just so much chemistry-based. And that team last year had great chemistry, and I know the championship team in 2010 did, and I know the team in, in 2019 that was just right on the cusp. It's the same thing, too. It's just That's the big thing that comes in. We got some great returning players that were part of that chemistry last year. Reed Latimer, who was maybe my favorite guy to watch play last year, um, is back. We've got Matt Helwig, our closer, back from last year. Um, some other pitchers, some other position players. So exciting to get those guys back for, for the chemistry's sake and hope with the new guys that come in, buy in, and, again, roll the boat that same direction. And once again, thanks to Craig Toyson for joining us. And, by the way, big thanks to Craig with Toyson Ford for sponsoring the Chippewa Valley Sports Watch all year long. We had a great run of interviews and talking local sports on this podcast throughout the last several months. We'll be back again next September. At that point in time, we're talking blue-gold sports once again. High school fall activities will be well underway, and we'll see what else pops up on the docket. Between now and then, if something does happen on the local sporting landscape that is of uh, of note, uh, we'll touch base on that on our Talk of the Town podcast, our very popular Talk of the Town podcast which drops every Tuesday and Thursday every single week. Well, on behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody. 